0: This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Says this in Mark chapter one. Mark one, verse 35. The next morning, Jesus got up long before daylight. wonder if he set three or four alarms left the house while it was dark and made his way to a secluded place to give himself to prayer. Later, Simon and his friends searched for him. And when they finally tracked him down on Find My Friends, they told him, Everyone, Jesus, is looking for you. They want you. Jesus replied, We have to go on to the surrounding villages So that I can give my message to the people there. For that is my mission. So he went throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the Jewish synagogues and casting out demons. So the picture that the Bible has given us is Jesus slipping out of the house early in the morning, stopping by Starbucks, tall pike with an ad shot, ad cream. Can I get an amen? He sneaks away in quiet to spend time with the Father. Everybody's like, Jesus, where have you been? We've been looking for you high and low. Where have you been? Where were you, what have you been doing? And he doesn't even answer. He just says, hey, guys, i got to keep going to these other cities to bring the good news because this is my mission. This is how I want to live my life. We're starting a brand new series called How Then Shall We Lifestyle? How then in Los Angeles or wherever you're streaming in, how then shall we live in this era, in this context, in this culture, in this political climate, how shall we live? I want to make sure you understand how Zoe operates. We believe the Bible and God starts with belonging and then going to believing and then eventually behaving. So in other words, with God, you belong to God before you believe in God. Even if you don't realize it, you're a son or you're a daughter of the Most High God. Come on, anybody believe that today? That you belong to God. My four year old the other day went out. He, we love Toy Story. We watched Toy Story 1, 2, 3, 4, all of them. Even the scary one, the little short film. We on Disney Plus, we watching Toy Story. My son got Jesse the doll. Don't judge him. He's four. He's, he's four. So he got Jesse the doll, and he comes up to me, and he, sh- he shows me underneath Jesse's uh, uh, foot, and he said, look, Dad. What does it say right there? I said, it says Andy. He goes, who's Andy? I said, bro, you watch this way too much to ask that question. You know who Andy is. We believe that whether you believe it or not, you belong to God. You've been marked by God. God, God created you. You were not made just by your parents. You were made by God. The Bible says fearfully and wonderfully you were created in your mother's womb by God. You belong even before you believe. But it is your belonging in that sense. Remember, you are not a son or daughter based upon worth. You are a son or daughter based upon birth. You belong to God because you're His. And then once you realize that you belong to God, you come to belief in God. You start to go, wow, I believe there is Jesus. Wow, I believe He died for my sins. Well, wow, I believe that God created the heavens and the moons and the stars. He created all, all of this is from God. So I don't just belong anymore. Now I graduate to believing. And in all of your believing, remember, at Zoe we believe this. Right believing leads to right behaving. When you believe right, all of a sudden you behave right. The problem for most of us in church or you got around church growing up, it was quite the opposite. It was like if you behave right at church and you believe what we believe, eventually we're going to let you in this country club and you can belong. So it starts with your behavior. Don't cuss. Don't watch bad movies. Don't go, don't go rooting for the Clippers. Well, that's still biblical truth. If you behave right and you believe all of our values, well, then we'll let you into our little small group, country club, and you can belong. God is the opposite. God starts with your belonging, and then he eventually gets you to believe in him, and out of your believing in him, all of a sudden, you want to become. (laughs) By the way, at our church, if one person claps, everybody got to (laughs) clap. Don't leave that seven people being like. (laughs) It is belong. It is believe and it is become. But all of our becoming or behaving stems from the fact that I believe God is good. God is for me. God is with me. God is God is the forgiver of my sins. God has a plan for my life. God, God wants me to walk in freedom. Out of all my believing, it leads to me becoming the person He wants me to become. By the way, when God works on your life, He is not trying to He's not trying to make you look like your parents or your pastors. Somebody say amen to that. He is trying to make you look like Jesus. So you become more and more like his son. How then shall we lifestyle? Because I get it like I belong to God. And for sure, I have come to faith, I believe, but it's lifestyle. I don't know how I'm supposed to live. I want to take out of Mark chapter 1, these verses, and I want to show you one of the ways that God wants you to live. God wants you to live a focused life. Just like Jesus was focused, you can't move forward without focus. In fact, write down the title of today's message. It's called The Traction of Distraction. The traction of distraction. And we believe there is no traction living a life of distraction. And God is asking us today to get rid in our lifestyle, to not live a lifestyle of distraction, but to live a lifestyle that is focused on Jesus first. Amen to that. Come on, bow your heads and let's pray together today. Jesus, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you are for us and you are with us. We are praying on a day like today. Help us to understand that you are awesome, you are amazing, you are mighty, you are good, you're our provider. Lord, let us get a glimpse and an understanding of your character and your nature. We want to know you, God. So help us, God. Help us see you clearly. And God, we thank you for every person that is in this room. We thank you, Lord, that there is a blessing and a favor that would come to their life. And we thank you that we're in the greatest city in the world, the city of Los Angeles. In Jesus' name. And everybody said together... Come on, let's clap together one more time. Let's thank God. Come on, we can be louder than that. A big, awesome church clap to start the service. Anybody, by show of hands, you are easily distracted. Let me just see your hand. You, e- you struggle with a life of distraction. You ever look down at your phone and you start going through your text messages from the last week, just recapping the week of texting, and in your head you're like, ah. Oh! I forgot to text them back. Like in your head, you're like, I text them back in my head. I just never, I'm not I preaching to anybody's pain right now. Just like, cause I got distracted. Like in my head, I replied. In my head, I said it. But I never, I never wrote it down. I never, I just, I got, I was just doing this and then someone and then I just, I got distracted. There's nothing worse than being distracted. There's nothing worse than being around somebody that's easily distracted. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you're trying to talk to them. You're trying to engage them trying to have a conversation with them. They don't pay attention to you because they're distracted. Anybody know what I'm talking about? This last week, Julie and I traveled to Charlotte. We went to Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte in February. Beautiful. Beautiful. In February, Charlotte. Anyways, so we're traveling, and we're having a great time, and we got no kids. I mean, my God, we have a whole litter of children, but when we get away from them, I'm trying to talk about my heart and my soul, and I'm trying to trying to talk to my wife about things in my life. She says I talk too much, but I don't agree. I just, I'm trying to just, just trying to connect with her. I'm trying to be there with her. And so I'm trying to talk to her, and I can tell she has no idea I'm trying to bear my soul. So she's like looking around. She's on her phone, and I'm like, woman, whoop, Woman, woman, are you paying attention to what I'm saying? She's like, no, I'm not. You talk too much. I know that, but I need you to listen to all my problems. Um, she goes, uh, she never, we've been married 11 years. She never said this. She's like, you know I have ADD. I was like, we've been married 11 years. You do not have ADD. She's like, have you ever seen me try and study for like a message? I can't even study. I can't even focus. I've got ADD. I'm like, you conquer the whole world. You're all absolutely focused. Now, I've seen you bargain shop. I've seen you at Nordstrom. You know how to focus. Can I get an amen? It's called selective focusing. <laughs> but I really believe that one of the ploys and one of the tactics of the enemy of your life is to get you to a lifestyle of distraction. Because he knows that if he can get you distracted from what God has for you, distracted from the call that's on your life, distracted from the future. That is yet to be walked in he knows that potentially you might never ever get there it's called the traction of distraction and the only way you can move forward is with focus i think there's three reasons why you and i struggle with focus write them down number one it's because of sin sin comes in and has this way of luring us and distracting us and getting our eyes off of God and off of God's plan and onto the apple and onto the moment and onto what's being presented. That's why you got to be careful with sin because sin will cost you more than you ever want to pay and make you stay longer than you ever want to stay. And the enemy knows this, so he lures you into sin. And all of a sudden, you get webbed and entangled into the bondage of sin watch this in uh, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 it says therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles sin is this thing that gets you all wrapped up remember the devil in his essence he wants to bind you and then blind you he knows that if he can get you bound in sin he can get you blind to your future blind to God, blind to what God has for you so he comes to bind you it is amazing to me how easily and prone and susceptible you and I are to falling into prey and trapped to sin. My six-year-old has this, um, he has this excitement. I don't know where it comes from, but y'all know what movies he's been watching. Maybe it's Despicable Me, but this guy, if he finds ribbon or rope, he's like, Dad, can you sit here in this chair? I want to bind you. I want to wrap you up. I'm like, man, what you been watching? Dad, 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 just sit down. And let me just, he, he just, and he comes, and he just wraps us around until I can't move. And I'm like, can I go now? It, it is amazing. So many of us, we, we believe in God. And yet we're bound. Bound to sin. Bound to bitterness. Bound to our past. And you're going, why am I not at the level that I feel called to? Why am I not running At the rate and the pace I'm called, it's because you're bound to sin. And I wonder if you're making a bigger deal about your sin than God is. Sin, by the way, is simply, by definition, missing the mark. I grew up playing basketball, and if you shot the basketball well, and you shot it over 10 feet into the cylinder, you hit the mark, you made a basket. But when you sin, you just miss the mark. I wonder if you're making a bigger deal about missing the mark than God is. Because God says all of us sin. Sin is inevitable. Freedom is not. And we got to get over our sin and back into our freedom. God hasn't called you into a lifestyle of bondage. He's called you into a lifestyle of freedom. Come on, clap, Zoe, and thank God. The first one that binds us and distracts us is sin. We are distracted by the indulgence, by the pleasure, by the shame that comes from sin. The first one is sin. Write down the second one. The second one is self. We are so self-consumed and self-absorbed, and we are so into self. It's amazing. In a narcissistic society, narcissism wins. And so we think about ourselves, and we indulge on ourselves and we just love self, and we just parade self, and we just we think about. Is, you ever notice how selfish you are? You ever just go like, man, it is amazing. I think about myself, I plan for myself, I I, I go to the mall for myself. It, and we absolutely live a selfish lifestyle. Watch here what the Bible says in the book of Philippians about being selfish. It says this in Philippians, put it up. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interest. The problem is we get distracted from calling. We get distracted from God because we are so into self. What's in it for me? What do people think about me? Am I going to get the best seat? Am I going to get invited? And because we're so into our head about self, we lose selflessness. We lose being servants. We lose the ability to give. Come on. I love this. They come to Jesus and they're like, where you been? And he's like, no, no, no. You don't understand. I just spent time with God and God got my focus right and he, and he, and he, and he, allowed me to see this is not about me and not about my kingdom, this is about me going to the other towns to fulfill the mission that's on my life you will never live a purpose-filled life being selfish but when you spend time with God and get your focus right, the, the Bible says Jesus would always slip away to be with the Father. He would always get his little, his little Americano and half and half and sneak away to be with the Father. Why would he do that? Because he knew this allowed him to get focus and focus allowed him to get self out the way. So watch what Jesus says, two verses. Watch what he says. Put it on the screen. I love these two scriptures and truths about Jesus because he was a man of selflessness. John six thirty eight. for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me. John five nineteen. so Jesus said, I speak to you timeless truth. The son is not able to do anything from himself or through my own own initiative i only do the work that i see the father doing for the son does the same work as his father what's jesus saying he is saying i died to self i am not about what's in it for me i live for the glory of god i say i decrease he increases i get the selfishness out of me and i get the servant hearted into me you cannot get this kind of heart without spending time with the father I spend time with God and God's like, Whoop whoop Hey bro, um, life's not about you. When are you gonna get over yourself? Hey, um, that's ego. That's selfish gain. That's more for you than for me, isn't it? God ever talk to you and you kinda hang your head and you're like, Oh, sorry. And he's, he's slipping away in the dark and he's spending time in the quiet place to regain his focus. And what does his focus have to do with, God, help me be free of sin. And God, help me be free of self. You will live a frustrated life if you live for yourself. Because it's never enough, is it? Never enough fans. Never enough fame. Never enough indulgence. It's never enough. It's only enough when you serve God and you serve others. It's only enough. Your cup can only get filled. Not when you live for you, but you live for others. So the first one is sin. And the second one is self. I I, I wonder if you recognize just you were born selfish. My two-year-old is a selfish. <laughs> selfish child. I'm like, oh my God, where did you where did you get you were? I see Julia's family in you. <laughs> so obvious. My family is, we're saints. Like I'm addicted to Quest bars. I love Quest bars. And so I, I buy on Amazon, I order them in the droves. And I, these are my peanut butter chocolate Quest bars. And my little two-year-old will go into our cupboards and they'll pull one out and go, my, my Quest bar. My. I'm like, brother, these are my Quest bars. So I'm arguing with a two-year-old. Who's more selfish? I don't know. We both are. The first one is sin. The second one is selfish. Right down the third one is success. We get distracted by our own success. We want to be a success. We were talking about last Sunday, and I asked the church this question. If you missed last week, you can catch up on YouTube. But if you missed last week, we were talking about this question. Do you want to be significant or do you want to be a success? Success is for you. Significance is for others. Success is about your name and your bank account and what you can obtain. But significance is about adding value and loving people and serving others. Come on, Zoe. We have not been called to come to Los Angeles to launch three locations to be a success story. We have come to this city. Come on, clap a little bit louder. We have come to be a significant church that adds value and serves people. Like in other words, it's not just about Sunday. It's about I love my city. It's about night to shine. It's about going out in our city to be significant in LA. We will not be significant by hosting services. We will be significant by putting other people as a priority over ourselves significance only comes by loving and serving and giving and helping, and that's the life that Jesus lived. He looked at these guys and said, it doesn't matter where I've been. I'm on mission. i got to keep going because I'm I'm here to live a life for three years of significance. By the way, the Bible says that Jesus only did his ministry for three years. For three years, age 30, he started it at a wedding in Cana, and then he ended it on the cross of Calvary, 33 33 years old. For three years, he healed the blind, healed the sick, anybody that was mute anybody that was deaf he helped everybody and in three years the bible says he did so much there would not be enough room in the world to hold the books that all the miracles jesus did he lived a life of focus on the father come on give him a praise today he was focused on God. He was focused. This is my mission. I'm not going to get caught up in sin. I'm not going to get caught up in self. I'm not going to live for success. I'm going to live for significance. Come on, you fishermen. Come on, you tax collectors. Come on, you man filled with legion of demons. Come on, we're going to go follow God. We're going to go serve God. It is a life of you will live empty and dry and bitter if you live for success. You will live fulfilled and excited if you live to help and give and serve and love other people. Come on, Zoe, give him a praise today. I'm not trying to get mine. I'm trying to serve And so you've got to make a decision. Is your life going to be defined by success? Or significance Tomorrow in the Staples Center, we will hold a memorial service for Kobe Bryant and our city will pay tribute to a man that moved from success to significance. And they will not celebrate just five championship rings and 20 years of being a Laker player. They will, they will honor the last three years of him tr- pivoting and transitioning into a life of significance, of adding value and mentoring and helping his daughter's team and helping young NBA players. Listen, you becoming a success, People might might remember you or they might not, but I'm telling you, the significance of Kobe is found in those 13-year-olds. It's found with the coaches, it is found with people. He left an indelible impression on their life. Come on, somebody thank him. I'm not trying to get success. I'm trying to be significant. So they find Jesus and they're like, You turned off. You you we couldn't find you on Find My Friends. You turned it off, didn't you? Where you been? Try to find you everywhere, man. Where you been? He doesn't even answer. He's like, stop, stop, stop. I got to keep going. Because I'm on mission. Some of us, you're frustrated because you're in the traction of distraction. You can't move forward without focus. I was talking to a guy the other day. He's got a really, really big world. Making a huge impact. I can't wrap my mind around the significance of his life. And I asked him, I said, do you ever get stressed out? He goes, how can I get stressed out? I spend the first two hours of every day with Jesus. I'm Oh, great. Thanks. I'm trying to listen to Hillsong on the way to drop off kids at school. Great. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's a life of focus. It's a life of focus. It's a life of focus. I think one of the things that God does right away when you get into his presence is he starts to eliminate distractions because he realizes, write this down, distractions turn into detours. You know, it's just like this little distraction that Samson had with Delilah destroyed his life. You know, it's just like this little distraction that... You know, Jonah had with, I'm going to go to Tarshish, and he was about to destroy his life. So many of us don't realize it is the distractions in your life that are detouring you to live a whole different life. And God's saying, I don't want you to lose a year or a decade or a month when you come into my presence God doesn't add stuff. He eliminates stuff. You don't need this person. You don't need to be obsessed with self. You don't need this sin. You don't, we just, we're going to clear out the whole thing and get you down to a life of simple focus and devotion. Somebody praise him right now. God's getting ready to you don't need to add things. You need to subtract things from your life simplify it the holy spirit always just peels it back and gets you down to what's important down to what matters yesterday i wanted to play golf real bad and so i hit my wife i was like babe please play golf and she's like yes you can under one condition you give me four hours uh, no no phone that we'll clean the house together i was like oh my this is okay fine i'll do it because i want to play golf she's like good monday 6 p.m get ready (laughs) starting with your closet i'm like oh my gosh but what are we going to do? We're going to go into that closet and we're going to get rid of things that should not be there. Ooh, that ugly sweater. Ooh, those pants don't fit. Those are too skinny jeans are out. You know, like we're going to go through and we're going to get rid of stuff. that. Sh- I wonder if the Holy Spirit today while you're in church is pointing out some things that are a distraction. This is a distraction. This phone is a distraction. This app is a distraction. This person is a distraction. Some of y'all are getting quiet because you know God's talking. Somebody thank him right now that we serve the God that eliminates the stuff that is going to detour your life. Distractions lead, it's not that you're just distracted, it's that you're distracted that's gonna to lead to a detour, and we, we, we know you might not ever come back. You ever get a detour in LA, and you're like, you see the detour, and you're like, no! No, not today! I did not budget for this! No! And you're like, oh God, please don't let it be bad, please don't let it be bad, please don't let it be bad. And you're like, oh my God, is today the LA Marathon? Today's the LA Marathon! This is going to cost me an hour. Some of the detours that you've taken in life have cost you so significantly. You're still trying to recover to become the person you know you're called to be. So the first thing God does when you get into his presence is he starts to lift your eyes back on. To focus. I love this. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, we already read verse 1, but just indulge me for one moment. This is the second scripture. We are fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfectionist of faith. He is, he is as we look at him, he is peeling back, no, no, heck no, no, yes. You get back to yes. Isn't it kind of like, huh, that's all that really matters to me. I, what was I focused on? This is a great story of Jesus and these two sisters. He comes into their house, kind of a big deal, and he sits down and he starts teaching. And Mary, Mary sits down and one of the sisters sits down and she just sits Indian style like super kumbaya. It's like, just teach Jesus. (laughs) And the other sister, Martha, is like in the kitchen and cleaning up. And she's like the response. I relate with Martha. She's responsible. And watch what Jesus says to Martha. Luke chapter 10, it says, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, "Lord, do you not care that my sister is lazy and has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me." And Jesus answered and said, "Martha, Martha, you know God's mad at you when He uses your name twice. Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. You are worried and distracted and consumed, and you don't need all that stuff. You need one thing, and it's focusing on God." So. Somebody clap and praise God. He's peeling us back to what matters the most. Come on, a little bit louder today. I feel like God's speaking to some people. Get rid of it. D- offload it. Delete the app. Delete the number. You don't need it. Ain't nothing will wake you up like getting that. I get it on Sundays when it shows me how much time I spent on my phone last week. Who enabled this thing? Stop sending me shame on my phone. Like, Every Sunday, like, I I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I'm sorry. It's for God's glory. And the Holy Spirit starts to work on us and get rid of the things that we should not. It's like, if God can't get you into sin, he'll just get you busy. Sorry. If the devil can't get you into sin... I could tell by your face something didn't happen right. Because everybody's just like, "Mm, I don't know if I agree. And so I had to replay it in my head real fast. And I said it wrong. Worship team, come join me. I'm kidding. (laughs) Okay, I'm not kidding. Worship team, come join me. Here's the last thing I want you to write down. Write down this. This is a question. I want to end with a question today. What's your focus? I just want to ask you as a person, because good news you already belong maybe you haven't yet to come to faith I'm going to give you an opportunity a moment to believe but you're becoming and as you're becoming my question is what's your focus what are you focused on right now it's kind of sobering to think about because you Cause you're kind of like, ah, oh, man. I've been focused on myself a lot. I've been focused on what I could get. I've been focused on my success. I, I, my life doesn't look like sneaking away to be alone with the Father to get my focus back. I've just been running around like crazy, busy appointments, schedule this meetings, dinners, events. I don't know I don't know what my focus is. You're in a scary place. How then shall we lifestyle? We should lifestyle a lifestyle of focus. Jesus goes, I'm on mission. I'm on mission. I got to keep going. I got to go to this village and that village. I got to get this message out. I am not playing games. I got three years. The reality is you don't know how long you have here. There should be such a sense of urgency, but that urgency only comes from being with Jesus. I'm going to present to you, and I'm just going to ask, if Zoe is your church, that we get our focus right. Our focus is first and foremost, Jesus. He is our first love. He is everything to us. In other words, Jesus had his priorities straight. His first focus was Father. His second focus was mission. He was not obsessed with mission. He was obsessed with the Father. It was this relationship here that allowed this to be productive there. Some of us are so focused on mission and we're going and we're going. You're going to become the starving baker. You're going to give and give and give and serve and get so dry and so empty and be like, oh, man, I tried to live for God. It was exhausting. No, it's not. You just got your priorities wrong because when you're with the Father and you're with God and you're with Jesus and you're in his presence, he fills your cup so you can go out and live on mission. This is how God works. So we are first and foremost in love with Jesus, and we are second in love with his people. People are our passion, but Jesus is our first passion. He's our first love. He's our first priority. In fact, all of my love for people stems from just the fact that I can stand here today and say, thank you, God, for loving my life. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for giving me grace. Thank you for a new beginning. Thank you for the call that's on my life. Thank you for the family that I have. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for opportunity. Come on, Zoe. Is anybody grateful for the grace and the faithfulness and the goodness of God? Give them a shout of praise today. It's amazing. It's amazing when you get this down and you're like, God, I love you. God, I'm grateful. I can't believe I was was broken. I was lost. I was dead in my sin. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you pulled me out. I can't believe, though, I missed the mark. You keep on gracing me and favoring me. And, God, I love you. I love you. It's amazing when you get filled up. All of a sudden, you want to live on mission because you realize in spite of you being a sinner, in spite of you being broken, God can still use broken, messed up people like you and I to help people come to find and know the goodness of Jesus. Come on, Zoe, clap today. Thank God he's using us. But I'm just telling you right now, I'm just telling you how then shall we lifestyle. Our lifestyle, we are not in love with the mission as much as we are the mission giver. We are not obsessed with blessing. We're in in love with the blesser. We're in love with the Savior of the universe. Seeing too many people go like, how then shall I lifestyle? I got to live a lifestyle of... Really? Your lifestyle is mission. I'd rather have my lifestyle be a lifestyle of focusing on the Father and loving Jesus. And out of this relationship, I feel God saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And go out and love your neighbor as yourself. Last week, we talked about lost and found and pivoting as a church from not come and see to go and tell. I really want our church to be the type of people that we're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. We add value to people. But I don't want you to get it twisted for one moment. It is not about the mission more than the mission giver. It is about Jesus. It is about loving Him and receiving Him. And the more I love God, the more I get quiet in my soul, the more I get my focus back, it's just easy to love others. In fact, I didn't even realize I was doing it. That's exactly what Jesus is doing here. He said, I gotta keep going. I gotta keep serving. I gotta keep loving. Because He's first. And serving Him is second. Amen? It's amazing. This last week, I was taking my boys to school and just had just the six year old was left and every day in the same spot I turn down the music and I, I tell them three things I love about them and um, so I was turning down we listen every day to all I do is win fire up my kids fast forward the bad parts I edit my own music we get in the car and my son's like DJ Khaled I'm like, I don't know if this is a success or not. In some people's eyes, I'm winning. Other people's, I am not winning at all. This is, this is, this is subjective. So I turn down the music, and I'm like, hey, buddy. Such a sweet boy. He smirks. He smirks because he knows what's coming every day. Same thing. He does his little smirk. I say, hey, buddy, um. I love you so much. You're the best. He's got this little smirk. He's like he's like, better than Maverick. His, his brother's name, Maverick. And, and and I'm like, oh, but no, like, I love all the Beach Boys the same. I love you, Maverick, Clive, Georgia. You guys are all the best. You're all the same. I love you equal. I love your mother more. But i love you guys like second and I, I caught myself i was like oh wait no i go actually no i go buddy i love god the most your mother second she's our queen and i love you third his face was like <laughs> he was he was like two seconds ago i was the best now i'm in third place how did this happen wonder where your priorities are, where your values are. God's first. What needs to be second is second. What needs to be third is third. I Pray over your future. You can't even wrap your mind around what God has for you. If I were to whisper into your ear the things that God's going to do, you'd be like, yeah, right. Yeah, that's how big it is. The Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. No mind can conceive the things that God has in store for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God's got something massive, and the enemy knows it. So are you are going to be detoured into distraction, or are you going to live a lifestyle of focus on the Father? I say, Zoe, we commit right now, here and now, today. We commit right here and right now. Say, I will not live a life of distraction. I will not have the traction of distraction. I will have the traction that like in three years, I could do more with my life than I ever imagined because I got quiet and I got alone and I got with God and he started to peel back the things that didn't need to be in my life. Come on, Zoe, clap and thank Jesus today. This is his mission to get our priorities right.